Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. You know, every year for the past 15 plus years, Westgate Church has done something pretty unique. We don't gather together for services at our campus, but rather disperse into the community at a variety of high-impact service projects across the city and across the county, and we call this Beautiful Day. Last weekend was Beautiful Day. We had more than 1,200 volunteers go to 18 different projects across the area, In this past weekend, we just kind of looked at that. Why do we do it? Why it's important and what it shows, what it does in us and how it forms us into being people who are like Jesus, who practice compassion, who do justice, who love mercy and all those kinds of things. So this week, I just thought it would be great to talk to the guy who's in charge of directing the teams that lead all those projects, Finney Abraham, who is our local compassion pastor. I also sat down with Sarah Lee, for Bible Nerd Out time to talk about what the Bible has to say about the theological implications of serving and serving your city. So we'll look into that. All that's next on The Afterword. here with Finney Abraham. Finney, buddy, so glad to see you. Glad to be here. Oh, okay, so now I want to I want to talk about this first because your life is pretty crazy. Not only did you have Beautiful Day, which you kind of helped to organize and lead the team that, that led that, but you also have twins in your house. You and your wife Susan had twins um, a few weeks ago. How many weeks is it now? They're 10 weeks now. 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. So now Here's the thing I need to know. What is it like having twins? Because unlike you, I had my children in a biologically normal way, which is one at a time. You decided to double up and have both at once. So what is that like having twins in the household? Yeah, um, it. I don't know. I ha- Actually, I really don't. I, everything is in, in, a, in a blur. <laughs> and I, you know somehow we 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 cross 10 weeks one thing i would say is i definitely experienced a lot of favor from from our neighbors some folks from our church actually there's one person from our church who's volunteered to hold the babies for like three four hours oh my uh, gosh two days a week and so so i have experienced a lot of god's favor but in terms of um you know helping the babies yeah very less sleep Everything is double, you know, so yeah, you got how many diapers do you go through in a in a in a week? You know, dude, that's a good question. I we, I, we really counted the other day. I think so. We go through close to 80 diapers a week. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's so much a range of 400 or some a month. Did you have to change like how big your trash bin is outside? Did you have to get like an expanded oh, size? You know, see, that's another favor of God. Let me tell you what happened is our neighbor. Who, who's you know who's just an empty nester has this very big uh, trash bin and he is uh, allowed us to use that he wow. only fills like quarter of it and we fill the rest of it <laughs> so here we go you're, god, god provides quite a bit of diaper trash he's cool with the smelly diapers being in his trash bin he's just he cool is, with that he is actually a great guy he's actually oh, christian awesome. so that's awesome it worked out. yeah uh well i can't it's exciting. Now tell the folks uh, the names of your twins because it's it's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, we have a boy and a girl, and uh, the boy is Wesley Justice Abraham, 
and the girl is Eliza Mercy Abraham. And what and how, where, I know where you got those names because you told me, but you want to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just as in how Mercy. did you how did you and Susan um, end up with these? So you literally named your children Justice and Mercy with their middle names, which is so uh, great. Yeah, which is from Micah, and um, yeah, Justice also because we just uh, uh, there's there's a little bit long story behind it. Uh, it took about five years for us to get married, um, and then you know we thought that, you know maximum would be two, and that's it. And but God God had different plans, and so Absolutely. we're thankful for that. Yeah. That's so great. And Wesley, because uh, my favorite theologian is uh, John Wesley. Wesley, absolutely. Actually, I thought it was because your favorite movie star was Wesley Snipes. Nope. No, I do not. I do not know anything about movies. <laughs> movies. Okay, well, Finney, uh, let's talk about the the issue at hand. This this past week was this past weekend was a beautiful day. This this week uh, this weekend we celebrated and kind of did some highlights, kind of showing the the beautiful things that happened on beautiful day. Um, so I'd love to hear from you. What excited you? What lifted your spirits as, because you've been working with your team, your Beautiful Day team for months and months now for all of these projects and 1200 people showed up. There's like, what, 18 projects or something like that across Santa Clara County in the city. Yeah. What excited you? What, what kinds of things lifted your spirits, made you um, proud, happy, filled with joy as you look back at this past week and all the work that came to fruition. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so it, it was definitely not an easy year. Uh, ironically, last year when things were completely shut down, uh, there was no vaccine, um, we were able to do a beautiful day and things were actually a bit much more smoother than, than this year. This oh. year we had to cancel several projects because there were new uh, different orders from the city and uh, some other issues that has happened, and uh, so it was it was more difficult this year, which is actually kind of and, and we have the vaccine. Most folks are vaccine vaccinated, but 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 you know there were there were more hesitancy uh, to to volunteer, and it was it was it was different difficult. But in the in the middle of all of it, I kept asking the question, you know, why why do we do beautiful day? And and obviously it is this understanding about who God is. And, and, and I think so what energizes me is our team, a beautiful day teams, volunteers. Uh, our larger team is about over 100 people, uh, right. leads, sub leads, directors, right. and all of them really believe in this, that um, you know, all human beings are created in God's image. And not just that, that God died for all of them, paid a price, and it's worth our time, our effort, our finances to go out there and serve um, where there is need. Uh, not just we would go there and tell folks what to do, but to collaborate and work with the community and to come out um, that with things that would really help them. So the process is tough, but um, once, once we are done with it, uh, there's definitely a sense of uh, satisfaction for our folks who are coming out uh, year in and year out to serve our community and also for the city uh, local government, nonprofits, and others to notice um, and to uh, know that we are doing it because of our love for God and for God's love for people, and our understanding from that from the Scripture. So that is that is exciting stuff. So that's so, one of. Them. So you you work with the city a lot. This is one of the things you're exceptionally gifted at. You build coalitions and you interact with city council members. Mm -hmm. um, there's this word in the New Testament that's used again and again about Christians. It's the word witness. 
Mm. Uh, now that means that they are a witness to the resurrection. They actually have seen some things. Mm -hmm. um, they've been changed by the risen Christ. But there's also a sense in which um, the, the, the local church, the early church, Peter says, you know, do these good works so that they can actually shine and that they can bring glory to your God in, in heaven. H have you seen like uh, good favor generated by the work that Gen uh, Westgate is doing? Um, not toward us, but just in general, the people have are maybe changing their opinion about Jesus people because of this beautiful day work. Has it become a, a way to kind of share about who, how good God is? Have you seen that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I do really think that God has given us a favor to work with uh, our local government. And uh, they are able to see the, the kind of work that we would be able to do when people come together. A uh, large amount of people coming together and, and, and doing this kind of work. They have confidence. Literally, when we go to the city and say that this is a beautiful day project, um, they approve it right away because they know that we will get it done. And I, and I should also tell you that, uh, you know, working with uh, local government and for them to see um, what uh, faith communities can do yeah. um, and their contribution to our community and for them to value that, I think so um, we've been able to lead in that area uh, because uh, of the generosity of our people. I should sh sh share a story with you. I, mm -hmm. I recently met uh, with uh, a local government official and uh, he told me, he's not a Christian. He told me he remembers uh, about Westgate and Beautiful Day um, uh, and, and, and the generosity of Christians uh, because of an action that happened 16 years ago. Uh, so he, his, uh, one of his family members had AIDS. And 16 years ago, we decided to uh, cancel our services and do uh, a beautiful day project, which was basically uh, to go and do a, a walk uh, for raising funds for AIDS. Oh, yeah, AIDS research. Yeah, it was like yeah. a walk-a-thon, run-a-thon, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And apparently we were the ones who I, I talked to Steve about it and he said we were the ones who raised the large amount of money for for this uh, project. And, and this man was telling uh, that uh, he's not a Christian, but he was amazed that uh, 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 folks would come and value these people that the society at that time did not value and saw damaged, uh, that we would go and value them by uh, taking away a sacred day uh, from our calendar and support them. And, and, and uh, that, and that was his know. son. His son was in that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, wow. he, you know, he, he wow. was overwhelmed uh, by that, uh, uh, that action and that generosity and his view about church changed huh. because of that. I mean, how amazing it is, is the man is not a Christian, but uh, we were able to have an impact uh, on on him, and I think so on many more people because of that uh, action. I, when I talked to Steve about it, he said, "Well, I don't know the guy, but uh, you know, we, we don't like AIDS either." So, so that, yeah. that's the thing, yeah. right? I mean, we are we Absolutely. are we, we love people regardless of uh, them being abled or disabled or uh, if they have you know a, a particular ailment or not, black or white, uh, rich or poor. We love them because God loves them 
and God has put value and worth in them. And so, uh, so investing in their lives and, and, and giving value to people more than rituals and traditions, it's, it's there in the scripture. Uh, and, and, and for us to live that out is, is a good thing. Yeah, <clears throat> that's so great. Uh, let me ask you another question too. There's a whole lot of sociological research. There, there's a book that you and I both read uh, when helping hurts. It's it's some sociological research about how Christians can unwillingly contribute to bad outcomes accidentally by trying to do you know, good work. And so right. you you and your team work really hard at trying to be good at doing good. Uh, what kinds of things did you do this year? Did you find out this year? What kind of things did you learn this year? Um, the kind of help at, you're being good at doing good. Yeah, no, that's a, a great question. Thanks for asking that. I think so. That's very critical in trying to help uh, our community, especially here in the Bay Area, right? Because mm-hmm. we have a lot of folks who have uh, who are uh, blessed uh, financially, and uh, and sometimes it almost feels like oh, you're just taking uh, just taking a break and having a good time trying to help some folks and. Uh, and sometimes it can be hurtful. And I, I, this book actually is a really good resource to really understand how, how we can do that well. Uh, our team takes that very seriously. And so I should tell, you know, one of the things I'm really proud about is uh, all our leads, sub-leads, directors who are all volunteers who take so much time after their regular work yeah. to make sure that these details are taken care yeah. Uh, literally, we are not hurting anybody in the process. I mean, um, you know, that we're not taking some uh, labor forces uh, work away because we are doing right. some work, you know, right, we, right. We, we take that very seriously when it, when it comes to parks and rec work, school work, um, you know, work with the, with the government. Right. Uh, and also, we learned a lot this year, I should tell you, because of our work in, uh, in Washington community, which is a low income community. Uh, we we did not go there uh, just telling that we know the answers. We actually worked with the local uh, missionaries there, like Martha's Kitchen and Sacred Heart and the school. These are folks who have been there for a very, very long time. And we partnered with them, asked what the uh, needs are, and 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 we and we tried to help them. We were not perfect. Obviously, yeah. we're not perfect. We're sure. learning. But you're saying you listen to the people who were on the ground who have been there for a long time and said, Hey, what do you see? What do you need? And how can we help? Right. And also when we, when we help, one of the things to notice is that we're not just, you know, coming from outside into a community and just sharing a lot of people. There is a lot of local people who stepped up too yeah. and, and started working along with us to make, uh, you know, some of these things successful. So it is a community effort. It is learning from each other, it is sharing resources with each other. One of the things I should t- I should tell you that I learned personally is, you know, as much as you go to some of uh, this low-income communities, especially the Washington community, you have this feeling that, oh man, uh, you know, there's a lot of need here. But at the same time, there's a lot this community has to offer us. So more than uh, giving, there is also a sense of receiving. Right. And I have learned that receiving is more difficult than giving. Sometimes yeah. it's easy for us to give yeah. and receiving is very, very humbling. Sure. So, you know, our staff went to Martha's Kitchen uh, to serve um, that, that place. And, and then in the afternoon, uh, our staff actually had the food they prepared for us. And I should tell you, man, I mean, it, it, it was tasty. It was fantastic. This is the same food that folks uh, who are homeless and others would be receiving every day. 
and and it was humbling to receive, not to give. Um, and I, I really learned that you know for for many of us who God has been good uh, financially and otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, more than giving, um, there's something we learn when we receive. So good stuff. And I I would recommend uh, when helping hurts uh, for for folks to read uh, to understand how we can do things well, especially when we work with low income community. Yeah. Okay. So Finney, one of the things that is difficult about this is it's, it's, there's a sense in which it's one day or one weekend a year. How can we continue to yeah. be people who don't just do this one time? Cause let's be honest, it's easier to give money to charity right. than it is to give up a couple of weekends. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in the Bay area, time is the most valuable resource we have and our people, they're very generous with money, but sometimes time can be a crunch. What's your recommendation for making this not just a one time? Oh, I feel good about myself. Look, I gave up a weekend. I mean, it was awesome, but, but more making it more of a lifestyle. Like how do I make this not just a thing I do once a weekend, but the kind of person I am, do you know what I mean? Because in the end of the day, this isn't about doing a thing. It's about becoming like Jesus. Jesus was a person who had compassion, who put broken things back together and who helped people who were at risk and hurting. I mean, that's just what he did. Um, He did this all the time. I want to be like Jesus. What are some things that you've seen helpfully because you're in this day in and out. This is actually kind of your job. You know what I mean? Like, and you, you're the, you're the person who's leading our whole staff and our whole church through this. What recommendation do you have for me to grow in this area of justice and mercy to your, the name of your twins, compassion, and in, in goodness and, and, you know, all those things. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And I think so uh, just to understand a little bit of our structure would be helpful too. So why are we doing this? Because this is a discipleship program at the end of the day. We're mm. not, uh, the focus is not to finish projects. The focus is. Oh, that's so good. That's so focus. good, Finney. That's and, so and, good. And disciple and discipleship is basically loving our neighbor. That that's where it falls. Right. And what do we do? We're trying to create a culture that is generous and compassionate, generous and compassionate with your time, with your finances, with your resources, so on and so forth. Now, I would also tell that for the majority of people, this may be a weekend, but uh, for our leaders, for over 100 folks here, uh, we intentionally spent uh, time with the recipients, 20 of them, for about six months to get to know them, to understand other other needs that they have right to know that there are more things we could do so one of the things right. i would say is you have, if you have not experienced being a part of beautiful leadership come in and 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 get to know us and uh, you're you know, actively recruiting right now right now if I'm you have totally a good rec- experience and you want to grow in this your team can use you right that's absolutely exactly. absolutely please, please be a part of it because you'll get to see how we interact with our recipients for a very long time yeah. And, and that, that, that includes time and, and, yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of other skill that is required. That's one. Number two, I would also say we also have two, three other platforms. Uh, so we have a platform called BD365. Basically, it is if you see a need and you want to meet a need, uh, you, know, you ask your life group or your friends or your family to come together, 10 or 15 people, um, uh, we will uh, help you with you know, funding and equipments and other things to help you get that project done. So you go to beautifulday.org, uh, you know, uh, press BD365, you'll get all details there. Mm-hmm. Another one is obviously the legacy project, which is, which is about nine weeks before Beautiful Day. 
uh, but also participating and being in the leadership in there, you'll figure out. And this year, the, the legacy project was down in Washington, in the Washington neighborhood. It was at the Martha's. Um, right. Martha's Kitchen and, and Sacred Heart School. Yeah. And Sacred so, Heart, right. right. Both together. Mm-hmm. We were there for nine weekends. And um, it was yeah. just a much bigger project that you just can't get done in a weekend. It's more like a continual project. Are Absolutely. you still going to have opportunities to serve at those locations in, in the weeks to come? Uh, yeah, no, there. Uh, for now, we have we, we, we've completely done with Beautiful Day, and our, our, all of our folks need a break for at least a couple months. We'll we'll stop back again in January. But BD365 platform is open, uh, so right. anybody who wants to serve in any ways, you see a project, you see a need, you want to step in and help, uh, just reach out to us uh, and fill the form of BD365, and we'll help you set you up for uh, you know to to help the the neighborhood and the community. And always keep in mind. Uh, the end of the day, this is to create a culture of generosity and compassion. Love it. And it's discipleship. It is yep. learning how to love our neighbors well. Yep. That's awesome. Finney, thanks so much for your work on Beautiful Day. And for more than that, dude, you you push our whole staff and our whole church to live lives of compassion and generosity. And so I'm super grateful for the work that you're doing. And uh I suppose I should volunteer to come over and, and change some diapers. I guess that's how I should show generosity <laughs> and compassion to you. You're uh, welcome. Anytime. Maybe. Thanks, man. Appreciate All right. Well, th- thank you. We'll okay. talk to you soon. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, we are back after a week hiatus where we had a beautiful day. And uh, I'm here with Sarah Lee once again, a little theological nerd out, a little Bible nerd out time. Uh, but we didn't nerd out biblically last week. We actually nerded out by serving last week in Beautiful Day. And uh, did you serve somewhere? I did. I was at Bridges Academy in San Jose. Tell me how that was. It was fantastic. I had my daughter and three of her friends, so four seventh grade girls, and we <laughs> put them to work painting and picking up trash, and we it was great overall. That is fantastic. Okay, so um, the reason we do Beautiful Day um, in large part is to serve our city because we believe it's kind of what God has called us to do. Uh, yes. But you, as per Sarah Lee, what you do, you nerded out on this. And so you had some thoughts on why Beautiful Day actually, how it ties kind of to both the Bible and also to the story of Abraham. So I'd love for you to take us through that. So what were your thoughts as you were serving and painting with these seventh grade girls and having all this fun with your, your daughter and fam, what, what kind of came to your mind? Cause I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So my daughter was wearing one of my t-shirts from a long, long time ago, beautiful day where the t-shirt design and it said, let it shine with this really simple light bulb on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago. Right. And so it just, you know, got me thinking, that's right. Let it shine. That's a Bible verse in Matthew. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. So I just started looking up some Bible verses and it just happened to also coincide with the book I'm reading this week by Christopher Wright. It's called The Mission of God. And just all these pieces came together and light bulbs were going off in my head. And so I wanted to share it with you. So light bulbs caused light bulbs to go off in your head. Oh, that's wow. right. <laughs> hyperlink upon hyperlink. All right, Sarah. So this Matthew, you're the light of the world. Let your light shine before others. Kind of famous from the Sermon on the Mount. Right. Right. And so, uh, so where did that take you then? Yeah, it's, it, he says, so that they may see your good deeds and praise and glorify Father in heaven. 
And we hear this also in First Peter. He says, live such good lives among the nations and that they will see your good deeds and glorify God. And so in Matthew 5, when Jesus connects letting your light shine to the good deeds, mm-hmm. he's expanding what's already in the Old Testament of taking care of the poor and the vulnerable and being just embodying the character of God and which Jesus does and which we are to do as well. And so in the mission of God, Wright said that just as Israel should have let its light shine as an attraction to the nation, so the disciples of Jesus must let the light of good work shine in the way, such a way that people will come to glorify the living God. Uh, and this is uncomfortable, though. For a lot of folks, this is uncomfortable because they would say the light we're talking about is just the the uh, theology, the, 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 the story of Jesus. Yeah, it's but it's not a both just, and, right? Right. Yeah, it's that holistic mission of it's not merely physical, theology. spiritual, yeah, right. men, or mental, social. It's encompassing all of those aspects. Right. Right. So, and so your 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 point is that that this Jesus is actually picking up this idea of the light of, and that reminds me of like even in the the Christmas story, we read in Isaiah, the people who walked in darkness have seen a light, this idea of a otherworldly light, a supernatural light coming in to help humanity out of the darkness of moral chaos and into both salvation, proper relationship with God, but also into right relationships so that, you know, goodness, righteousness, justice, that that's, that's found even in the, the first echoes of Jesus when he comes on the scene in, in, in the book of Matthew. Right. And then, so the second part of that is like, your let your light shine. You're the light of the world. And so that piece of um, showing this light to the world, to the nations is actually tied to Abraham. Ah, yes, there it is. There's the tie. So uh, now when we say world, there's a, sometimes the Bible uses the term, the nations, is there a difference um, in saying the world or the nations, because I, I wonder if there's, is, is there any sort of semantic difference? I think sometimes the world can mean all of creation. So it means the people and the earth, mm-hmm. um, but the nations is really more, or is always almost parallel to humanity. So it's not necessarily what we think of modern day nation states with the political and geo- geographical boundaries, but it's just groups of people. And right. so it- Every like, tribe and tongue kind of feel from, from right. Revelation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So talk through Isaiah, what you found too, because there's some imagery that um, Jesus uses or that, that echoes from what Yahweh says in, in the book of Isaiah, right? Yeah. In Isaiah 54, one verses four and five he said my justice will become a light to the nations my righteousness draws near my salvation is on the way and my arm will bring justice to the nations Um, and then in chapter 58 he talks about your light will break forth like the dawn your light will rise in the darkness and in chapter 60 again it's the nations will come to your light so so how did you connect this to 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 Israel or to, to, I guess, to us. Well, I didn't. Christopher Wright did. Oh, okay. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so we're going to give him credit here. <laughs> okay. So what, when you were reading Christopher Wright's book, uh, The Mission of God, what, what, what jumped out at you? Yeah. It's just that this Genesis 12 verse three, when 
Abraham is told that through you, all nations on earth will be blessed. Um, Wright points out that to keep in mind that in scripture, being blessed is sometimes there's parallel to knowing God, because one of the greatest blessings is to know God. Right. So while the blessing language isn't always explicit, it's clear that Israel is not the only one who's offered salvation and knowledge of God. And so Wright calls these echoes of Abraham, where this language of all the nations, like God is so much bigger. Sometimes we, we forget, or, you know, we have to be reminded that he's creator God of all people and all nations and of the whole earth, the whole world. Um, and that his, his goal is for Israel to be a light to the nations so that all can come to know him. Right. And not everyone's going to accept it, but he wants everyone to have the opportunity. And part of that letting your light shine, of course, is the knowledge of the one true God above all other gods. And that is, that is a good, good. But the other part of that is embodying the ethical character of God by doing good things, right? So, right. so there's that. Okay, so you're saying, now what's that? There's an expression, um, you, you, you gave it to me, I think. It's, in, um, you, it's something like uh, Genesis 12 is the grand central station of the Bible where there, all these verses run through it. And there's so many echoes throughout the rest of the story of the Bible. Um, that's kind of so you're saying that this idea of being a light to the nations is actually genesis 12 that's right all right so now what you also did is you cataloged all of these verses which also link back to genesis 12 through the idea of being a light to the nations or being uh, having the knowledge of god and then sharing that or having the ethical qualities of god and, mm-hmm. and, sh- and and demonstrating that um, so let's go through those um, Old Testament echoes, shall we, of of Abraham, or, or I guess Genesis 12 in the, the invitation of Abraham. The promise to Abraham, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's right catalog, 21 Old Testament scripture. And about Are you going to take me through all 21 right I'm now? Not. I don't know if we, we have time for that. We don't have time for that. How about we just pick a few? Let's pick your let's favorites. Let's pick a few. Okay. Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Okay. He says... Is this God talking? Is this Yahweh to Moses or something? Exactly. I just paused because I was double checking. Yes. (laughs) Making sure. This is God talking. If you fully obey me and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. So yeah, Israel is chosen. However, it says, although the whole earth is mine, but you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And of course, Peter picks up on that language. He calls us a a kingdom of priests, right? That's right. He calls this a royal priesthood, right? That's his, that's his. Yeah. So the idea is that the whole earth is, is God's and he's going to use Israel. A lot of people use, think that, that, that means that um, when God chooses Israel, it means they're special or better. Mm -hmm. And, and so that somehow that they're like, their ethical quality was so great that God's like, Hey man, you're, you're, I like you a whole lot. That doesn't seem to, to pass the, the, the narrative muster. (laughs) Not at all. Be true. That's not true. Instead, what he's saying is that because you know me and because I'm going to be working in you, that's, you're going to be a blessing to the rest of the world. That's, that's why you're blessed because you know who I am and we have a special relationship and that's what I want for all people. Is that kind of the idea? Absolutely. Okay. So let's keep going. What other, what other, what's another one of your favorite verses? In first Kings chapter eight, so right, he said, this is possibly the most marvelously universalistic passage in the Old Testament. So that sounds pretty good, right? Oh, wow. He yeah. says, 
uh, in First Kings, it says that the foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel, but have come from a distant land because of your name, they will hear of your great name and mighty hand and your outstretched arm when they come and pray towards the temple. So this is, you know, foreigners are coming to worship God. Mm-hmm. And he asks that, he says, do whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you. Mm. And again, in verse 60, it continues like, so that all peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is no other. So knowledge of God, um, this, this Yahweh creator God is a big deal. And this is what God desires that all the nations would hear the story of Israel and how he worked with them. And then somehow come to worship this one true God um, because he's so good. I love, he says, your great name, your mighty hand, your art stretched arm. These are, these are images of how he rescued, right? Rescued Israel. He heard their cry and rescued them from oppression into freedom, right? So these are words of deliverance and salvation. The story, it's not like God's powerful and he's going to kill you. It's he's so good and he's so gracious and he's so worthy of respect and love and honor and worship. Yeah. His purpose is definitely not the destruction of the nations. It's their salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Where, where else are you going to go? Where are you There's gonna a bunch in the Psalms, but I got to go to Isaiah. Okay. You're going to go back to Isaiah. You were just there. You're going to go know, back. I know, but there's, but there's more. <laughs> it seems to me like Isaiah is so rich. We might need to maybe spend some time there as a sermon series or something. It's... Yeah. And a shout out. I was hosting Bible 365 this last week. We were reading through Isaiah and it was a blast. So. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, All right. In Isaiah 19, he's talking about uh, blessing Egypt and Assyria along with Israel. And it's just, beautiful you know egypt and syria we know is like the enemy right the enemies of god's people but he right? says the lord almighty will bless them saying blessed be egypt my people assyria my handiwork and israel my inheritance israel's in third place there and these other nations are right up alongside in the blessing so that must have been disorienting for the people to to right. hear i mean israel i mean egypt's our oppressor assyria is the worst mm-hmm. uh, and yeah so the idea is that the God, God is even going to go to the enemies of Israel and do right. some incredible redemptive work. You know, what that reminds me of is the story of Paul and Saul. You know, just the idea that an enemy of God is, has his heart turned and an other turns into a brother, right? So that's, yeah. that's what, what's going on. Okay, where, where else are you going to go? I'm going to Isaiah 45 when Yahweh says, turn to me and be saved all you ends of the earth for I am God, there is no other. And then he ends, he says, before me, every knee will bow and by me, every tongue will swear. And that's, that's an, a pre-echo of revelation. Every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess, right? Yeah, that's right. But all the ends of the earth, he's, he's making the offer of repentance and salvation to the ends of the earth. So again, all, all nations. Yeah. Um, so then we go- kind of skip forward to the New Testament. Oh, and then okay. Oh, did you have another one? No, that's, let's go to the, <laughs> we're, we're going to go all the way to the new testament that's good all right go ahead <laughs> i think people will be familiar with this one at the end of matthew 28 he's uh, we're told jesus says therefore go and make disciples of all nations uh yeah the great commission that's right right that was the that was the link that um i was most surprised to hear when i was researching abraham that theologians said oh this is clearly a link to the great commission 
I, I, I hadn't heard it, you know, be a blessing to all the nations, go into all the nations and baptize them. That's the similar language. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what right concurs. Yeah. Yeah. There's echoes of Abraham throughout the new Testament. Um, maybe just another one that I didn't realize is in uh, Romans one verse five, when Paul says uh, that we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. So the, here the scholars say that that phrase, all the Gentiles, literally it's all the nations. And oh, so when we see the word Gentiles, we should kind of transpose in our head nations. Often. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, even some translators like the whole circumcised uncircumcised, they'll just say Gentiles. They, there's different ways of um, using that. But word. it means every nation that's not Israel, every right, tribe, right. people, and tongue that's not right. of, of that's not Israel, huh? So, so yeah. Well, if you think about that, you know, um, in Romans three, when when Paul says, "Is God the God of the Jews only? Is He not the God of the Gentiles?" Basically, he's saying, "Is He not the God of all the nations?" The idea that God's mission has always been to all the people of the entire world, right? Exactly. Right. And then, of course, Revelation, you know, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every language, every I'm, I'm, me I'm messing up the verse. Uh, it's it's all in there, though, I promise. Yeah, I think you hit them all. Where, <laughs> nation, where was tribe, it? In chapter, chapter five and seven, every oh, tribe, yeah, yeah. language, people, nation. So, yeah, what they're, they're saying that the lamb is worthy. His blood has purchased people from every tribe. And then, of course, all the nations come before god and they bow down and there's the healing of the nations which right. is which is the great hope for a world in the middle of conflict and turmoil that there will someday be peace and that there the nations will bow before god and that he will be their god and peace will reign right that's the great hope right in a world right. embroiled okay so why does this matter to us um uh, just any any reflections on because you're serving in in san jose you know, in, in this beautiful day, wh wh why does this matter to us? Why, why does this hit your heart so much, do you think? I just think that we, it's, you know, looking outside the, the normal walls of yeah. our church and that to let your light shine, it's loving your neighbor, which um, your neighbor might be close to you, but sometimes it's getting out of your neighborhood and it, you know, in your city is still a neighbor. Um, and that it's, it's about blessing, like that hmm. spreading the love of God has to do with um, doing good works. And so like, yeah, letting the light shine, connecting it to doing good works and that it goes out to the whole world, like to our neighbors, to our city, to our state, country, the world, like this getting a bigger picture of how, yeah. how great our God is and like how, how much good we can do in the world as we embody him and his character. And how much healing can, can happen if, if God's people act like God's people and reflect the ethical qualities of God. Um, it's, it's, it's powerful. It's a, it's a, it's a deep reminder in, in a time of deep darkness, a little light um, goes a long way. And I will, I want to say this real quick. I want to make, make sure and say this. Uh, sometimes let your light shine. What's interesting is I, I, I think about this. It's not my light really that's shining. Uh, this is not light that I have invented. This is not my moral light that I'm trying really hard 
This is an otherworldly supernatural light, the very light of Christ. Now, so it's, uh, and that's why Isaiah is so important. The people walk in darkness, and on them, a foreign and alien light comes in, the supernatural light, and that's the mm-hmm. light of God in, in Christ himself. And that's the light of the nations. It's not like humans have the ability to make spotlights that are big enough to illuminate the path and drive away darkness. This is God who is the light. This is Jesus incarnate light, the light of the world, right? Well, it isn't later, uh, Jesus says, I am the light of the world right. in the gospel of John. Right, yeah. right. So that's important because I think in Bay Area, in, in the Bay Area, we tend to think of ourselves as uh, so industrious and smart and intelligent that we can create enough light to drive out darkness. And although that is very important for us to try, we can't. And so we can partner with God, though, to have him drive out the darkness. Um, and only yeah, he just, can do that. Exactly. So. And participating just and yeah, just that extra piece of realizing that this was his design and his purpose from the very beginning. Yes. From throughout scripture, Genesis to Revelation, that Israel was to be a light and that we as Christians are to be a light. Well, thank you for that. I hope that another t-shirt inspires more deep thoughts. (laughs) So can we have nothing but t-shirt oriented messages from here on out? Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. So you got to go through your closet and find out what kind of theological truths are hidden deep in your daughter's wardrobe. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being with us, Sarah. Thank you. All right. Just want to say thanks to our guests, Finney Abraham and Sarah Lee. Join us next week when we dive into the third lesson of Abraham, which deals with justice. We love what's right. We do what's right. And we help set things right. Couldn't be more timely. Couldn't be more important. So join us next week for that. We'll see you soon.